When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey guys, Knife Talk. This is a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, whatever you, whoever and whatever, we're 100% with you. It's Monday morning or another day, but fine. I'm Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. I'm here with Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts, and the captain of the ship, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. Guys, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm speaking to you from the past, but I've known you've won. Congratulations. <laughs> congratulations, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And c- congratulations to the Welsh team for beating Ireland. Well, as that's well. right. Congratulations. Oh, I, that's not what Let, I let's heard. Hope. Let's hope. <laughs> We're actually <laughs> recording this as they're playing. So I'm on a complete black social blackout at the moment. So I'll wait until yeah. I watch the game tonight. But, but let's hope. Let's hope Wales are I'm here in my Welsh shirt. I'm hoping Wales are winning at the moment. That's the reason why a uh, proper church doesn't listen to this podcast anymore, I don't think. He's too busy playing. He, he's playing the game today. Right. So he's in my hometown back in Cardiff in an empty stadium with the roof closed. That's, there should be 80,000 people in there getting drunk and singing. It's a completely empty stadium. They're piping in audience noises. It's, it's a little bit ridiculous. But, um, yeah, wow. yeah, let's hope he has a good game. But let, let's hope he doesn't win, put it that way. <laughs> if, he, if he does lose and he wants to kind of like, you know, relax on the bus home, and he's listening to my favorite podcast, Knife Talk, and the host is giving it to him. It's not good. Not good. <laughs> no, I played let's, just, fo- let's just hope he stays safe anyway because, yeah, yeah you know, injury-ridden game. So let's just hope everybody stays safe and it's a good game. There we go. Mm. This is going to sound terrible. Backtracking but a bit there. He's a big guy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who Tampa Bay is playing against. <laughs> the Chiefs, motherfucker. Go Chiefs. <laughs> the Chiefs. They're, this is yeah. their two. This is their second time in the. I think this is their second time. We're going for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. Tom Brady all the way. I, I've been a fan yeah. for now a month and a week, and I got a message from my <laughs> my guy on the front on the line who is. He, they win, if they win, I got some knives in my future. So let's go Tampa Bay. Congratulations in advance. A go. month and a week. Do, do you know? Yeah. Do you know two players? You know Tom Brady. Do you know anybody else? I know the guy who bought some knives from me. <laughs> I know his ass. <laughs> I know, I know, I know the hell out of him. I mean, I don't know what he does, but I know he doesn't listen to this podcast. Have you, have you got I, a tattoo same, of their logo yet? No, but I, you know, I, I got to get a taste of that Tampa Bay money. I'm going to take it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about our week. What we've been up to, uh, Morocco. What you been up to this week? Oh, this last week is just been standard knife stuff. Things have been good. I got my my past week notes in front of me again. Uh, I'll tell you. All right, so I got a light beef. 
slash uh, new favorite thing to eat. Uh, so have you guys ever had like hard shell tacos? And yes. you take the first bite into it and the whole thing basically crumbles and falls oh, apart yeah. in your worst. hands. It's, it's the fucking worst. And so I've started doing this thing with corn tortillas where, you know, I've seen them in restaurants where they just heat them up real quick either side, either on the broiler or on the flat top. But what I've started doing is just with a little bit of avocado oil, whatever oil you got, in a, in a saute pan, lightly fry it so it gets some of that crispy action, but not fry it all the way till it's hard. So you, you only kind of partially fry it so it gets a little crispy, but it's still pliable. And I've been using that for taco shells, and it's fucking delicious it's mm, just nice. like it's the perfect mix of both worlds so when you take a bite out of it you still get that crunch but it's not falling apart on you you know it's staying together yeah. and it's awesome and i just grill them you know uh, uh par, par fry them flat and then you know like i said they're pliable enough you just load it up with stuff and you shove it in your face and it's awesomely delicious so fuck hard shells go for the half fried <laughs> shells sounds good i tell you i wouldn't be bothering with that avocado avocado oil i'd be like bacon grease all the way get as much I got a, flavor and fat yeah, into it as i like how when you said bacon yeah. grease you have you were like choking down some saliva <laughs> if, you, if you fast, if you go backwards a little bit, listeners, he was like baking grease. He's making some gurgling noises. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Craig. Just to make you happy, I actually did that yesterday morning. We did uh, we we do a simple breakfast of like scrambled eggs, toast, and bacon. So I start by cooking off the bacon, so it has time to like kind of. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> cooked off the bacon, and then I threw, I, I cooked up and par fried those tortilla shells in that bacon fat. Um, so after I flip it over, I sprinkle a little bit of cheese on there, slide it out of the pan. Did about three of those. That was good. And then, and then scrambled eggs, straightforward scrambled eggs, and you got yourself a little strip of bacon on the bottom, some scrambled eggs on top. Ooh, that crispy shell. Mm. Oh, I'm damp over here. Oh, <laughs> gross. Big old boner you. over there. Fucking Jesus Christ. What kind of fucking podcast is this? We haven't talked about anything other than our food boners. It's enough. Uh, However, I am in the foldadilla. You know that, that uh, foldadilla thing that people are doing? Oh, that TikTok that Dude, what, fucking what awesome. That? I'll tell you why it's fucking great. So basically you take a tortilla and then you cut uh, a, the ra a radius cut from the center to the end. And then you can fold it in, in like quadrants. Hmm. You do that, nothing falls out. It's fucking awesome. It's great, and you're only using one tortilla, and you're sh we're loaded. We're doing that shit all the time. That's a fucking good move. That foldadilla, terrible <laughs> name, but banging. Everything you put everything in right. there. Awesome. On, a, on whilst we're on a food tip, it is National Yorkshire Pudding Day today as well. Oh yeah. Um. So do you guys means. know what Yorkshire puddings are? No. Yes. No. Tell us. Oh, so you make a batter. So eggs, flour, milk. It's getting all horned up, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yorkshire pudding is very special. So <laughs> you take like a like a muffin pan, like a shallow muffin pan, tiny bit of oil in the bottom in each little pocket, a little bit of oil, put it in the oven so it is steaming hot. It's screaming hot and smoking. Pull it out, pour in the batter just a little bit into each of these pockets and straight back into the steaming oven. And um, 10, 15 minutes later, these things will just sort of go into huge footballs. They'll just go, whoo, they'll, they'll crispy batter and just, hmm. they're the best. They're the best. So, yeah, it's National Yorkshire Pudding Day today. So, yeah, 
food talk. That's filthy a, food talk this has uh, become. Filthy. Oh, speaking of which, thank you, Mareko. I watched your 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 pizza uh, folding. Are you in pizza folding? Your pizza uh, uh, spreading videos. <laughs> Sounds weird, but whatever. I I did what you did where I left the extra material in the middle. Strong move. I, I watched oh, yeah. that. It was very very helpful. That was a so. tip I picked up recently. I've been I've been really on like a pizza dough stretching and making uh kick and learning mm. a lot about pizza dough and that was one tip I thought was really handy. I didn't know if it would work and I did it and I was like shit that actually worked. Yeah, <laughs> so it was I good. Just kept with it. Really good. Yeah. Nice. If anybody wants to check that out, it's on my Instagram. Uh, how I stretch that, how I stretch fold, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Fifteen minutes, and it's all been about food. Yeah, Craig. Oh, but do we finish? What do you, so you had a beef. So Morocco, back to you. You had a beef. Then we got yes. all sidetracked into food town, <laughs> and then then what? Yes. Okay. So other stuff I saw and did this week. All right. So I saw triple made, uh, or triple handmade. Is uh, he's a knife maker. I think he's based out of Portland, I believe. He did a really cool kind of walkthrough on replacing elements um, in his even he LB. Uh, so people should go check that out. He has it on his Instagram. Again, that's triple hand, uh, triple B handmade. Sorry. Um, and then, uh, oh boy. So another light beef. So I was doing this post uh, of these stories and it was like four or five different things i had links i was putting on and text and all this shit and the whole time instagram is dropping down these little notifications and i accidentally tap one of those and i lost like 15 minutes of putting together this fucking instagram post i was so pissed so i'm a little pissed about that uh and then i also dropped in uh, a video kind of a, a pseudo instructional video kind of on the foundations of how i approach an s grind um, and that got a really good response. A lot of people found that really helpful and, and liked that a lot. Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. Oh, I got some uh, advice you didn't ask for. I've been seeing a lot of people post pictures, and maybe they're just like of an older demographic or just don't know how Instagram works. But the pictures, like the tip of the knife, like the last inch and a half of the knife or part of the handle is cropped out because they're taking their pictures too close to the knife it's people are looking at these things on their phone it's okay to back off just like another foot so you can adjust the size of the picture when you're posting it so please people back away uh your image taking snapping techniques and these geezers let them do whatever it takes and let, let, let them they gotta struggle on their own you can't you, yeah you can't help i ain't listening to, they don't even know what a podcast is some of these people what do you want, the radio? And the radio? And the last thing I got, Vic and I were in the shop again yesterday, and uh, we made a bunch of uh, like little paper airplanes and projectile rockets that we were shooting off the compressed air nozzle. And nice. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it was super fun. <laughs> you thought it was great. That was a good that was, move. That yeah. was my week. Cool. Craig, cool. how have you been, my man? I've been good, but I'm aching like hell. So um, I've been on this bit of a fitness kick for the last few weeks. CrossFit and, um, Yeah, well, we started a competition, my sister and I. So my sister back in the UK um, and myself did this competition. So we both got like Apple watches and we're doing the whole Apple fitness thing with the, you know, you hit sessions and you do it along with them and you get points and stuff. So, so we, we get points and we can see when, 
one of us has finished a workout and the other one's like, oh, I need to win today, so I need to make sure I do another workout today and all the rest of it. Um, we're very, very competitive. Let's put it that way. Very, very. To the point of, because she's back in the UK and they're an hour behind us. So you, you can win each day, basically. So whoever does the most points each day. So I'm staying up till one in the morning to make sure she's not fitting in <laughs> like in a last minute workout before midnight. You really it's, it's got it's got way wow. too competitive. So I'm aching like hell. Um, but I feel great. I'm sleeping well when I am getting to bed, and um, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm moving a lot more, which is good. Have um, you had have you heard another of... rest? Sorry, go on. I was just gonna say, have you heard of those platforms where you can kind of do that competitiveness, and you can actually put like money on it between each other, so that you know you versus just that saying oh we're gonna dangerous <laughs> yeah oh let's do that. this but you actually can bet against each other and sometimes the, like the mother money other go either goes to the other person or you can like it, you can have it go to a non-profit or something like that but it's still it has you have that little extra it's a motivator right. yeah yeah i've heard i have heard about that sounds ridiculous yeah, we're we're competitive enough. Competitive enough. So, believe there's enough gifts of fat people being sent back and forth to each other that it it's it gets you gets you up and moving. Believe me, you're terrible. You're terrible. But um, aside from that, I mean, work wise, um, things really seem to be turning a corner. So, um, another restaurant which I'd worked with a couple of years ago. So we mentioned last week that a restaurant I worked with a couple of years ago, they put another order in for the same knives again. But it happened again this week. So it's happened twice now in a fortnight. Um, and this is and this is a large order of 100 knives. So it's it's nice to see restaurants are taking things seriously. And it looks as if, you know, they're, they're planning to reopen. Um, I think a lot of it was we had the uh, the Michelin guy did their, um, their, their star award, you know, where they award the stars mm-hmm. to restaurants. That was in the UK last week. Um, so this particular restaurant, they they gained another star, so they're sort of celebrating and buying these new knives. Um, and a, and you know a lot a lot of restaurants, I think they're just thinking maybe next year is our year, and they're sort of upscaling a bit, you know. If they're spending but, money in January and February, that's a good sign. Yes, it's a really good so, sign. Yeah, so yeah, um, everything seems to be sort of getting a bit more positive, and I think. We're over the worst of the sort of the winter, so you know weather's changing slightly. You are. It is nice. It's wet, but it's it's getting a bit warmer. It just feels as if there's a little bit of positivity around, which is I'll take that little bit and I'll Fuck. multiply it a million times. And to me, it's it's a good time at the moment. Fuck, I'll take a little positivity. Yeah. <clears throat> winter is not done here. Fucking, we got pooped on. We got pooped on with snow. Oh, I've seen the pictures in, oh my, in New York. It looked dude, crazy. My last week was a fucking wreck up until yesterday, and and it, we got we got uh, a twenty plus inches. And I know people in Canada and who knows where Norway are saying twenty plus inches. That's nothing. I I we, I take summer vacations in the freezer and shit out snow cones. I know all about it. Leave me alone. It's fucking a lot for me. It's a lot. Twenty twenty plus inches is a lot of snow here, and. Uh, our wonderful municipality does a shitty job of uh, plowing. And oh, then uh, after two days, I was snowed in, and my shop uh, is maintained by the manager of this building who maintains, like, five of the properties. And the city that we're in doesn't plow the road getting here, which is uh, annoying. So our manager plows because he, you know, he plows for all actually all the people in the street, which is real nice. The municipality mm. doesn't do it. 
So it was snowed in, and then we got the message from the city that if by Wednesday morning, if you haven't cleaned your sidewalks, the, they're going to start fining people. So the night before, the snow plows go and then push everybody's snow into their driveway. So there's like, we wake up for like to ice capades. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I finally got to my shop uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I was kicking ass, getting stuff out the door, prepping for this week. And it was, you know, in three days, it was really good. And then Saturday, Saturday, I'm on, I'm on a phone call and uh, I get a message from the, ma the manager's calling me. So when the manager of the building calls me, you pick up something. He needs me for some reason and it's probably mm -hmm. pretty urgent. And he said, what's the code to your shop? Because the fire department's here. What? Yeah, the fire department's here. There's four fire trucks here. I need to get in your shop. So oh, I give him the geez. I give him the I give him the code and I'm like I'm on my way and I just I fling the phone and I get in the car and I'm driving and I'm thinking what could it be is there a fire is this it can't be the sprinklers because I just got new oil and I set the thermometer to 40 degrees so the sprinklers can't freeze is there a spontaneous combustion I don't use oily rags I get rid of them I have the cans and I get rid of them at the end of the day is it that what could it be so I get up the fire department is all over the street. And I say to one of the kids, I said, you got to let me in. I got to go see, make sure my shop's okay. And he goes, well, let me talk to him. And I, I park the car in, in the snow. I run up the hill, get to my shop. Nothing. It's fine. Everything's fine. There's no ice. There's no sprinkler bursts. There's no fire. There's no nothing. So I'm just like, I need to change my pants. <laughs> I need to change what? my pants, but I'll, I'll change my pants when I get home. So and why then, are they there? Well, so I call. So then I saw the manager who was running around with the fire. They were just looking. So it seems as though there was, they have a sprinkler system here and it's connected to, um, you know, like an alarm that goes to the fire department. So if one of the heads was faulty, which we think they'll, it'll send them, it'll send a message to the fire department. It was 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, you know? So the fire, the fucking everybody showed up, county police. There was four fire trucks, all these fucking assholes. No offense to fire. Ah, fuck you, firefighters. Some of you guys are assholes. Trust me, I'm going to get to that. So I'm talking to the manager, and he, they're just rushing around. You know, If you can't find the keys, if somebody doesn't have the keys, they're going to just cut through their door with a you know, halligan bar. They don't give a fuck. And um, so I'm like, you know, I can go home now. It's your problem. So I said to the manager, so if you need my help or anything, let me know. And. So then after about a couple hours, I call, I sent him a message. It says, is everything okay? And he goes, yeah. But what happened was is they're building a partition in one of the uh, spaces. And the fire department who's going through looking for, you know, sprinkler, they're looking for burst pipes. They're looking for fires. They're ready for mm -hmm. action. One of them says to the guy, do you have a permit for that partition there? Well, this, you don't have. Saturday, I'm trying to find the sprinkler problem. I don't have, what are you talking about? So they called the city, and then they made him stop working on this partition. And it was just like, I was talking to the manager. He was like, you know, this goddamn town we're in, I plow for them. And then they're going to send me, and then, then these goddamn firefighters are going to do this ticky-tack bullshit where they ask for permits. They're not even, it's not it's like, can't you just fucking give us a break in the middle of a pandemic and a snowstorm? Anything else you want to throw at us? I mean, it wasn't even weight-bearing. It was just like a partition. It was just like, Ugh. so that was my week. Jesus. Yeah, it was a pain in the ass. Dude, listen, I'm a fan of the firefighters, but we all know, we all know, <laughs> some of these union guys are, some of them, some of them, they need a little attitude adjustment or something, because like, it was just like, give this guy, <laughs> guy a break, you know, you know, come on, man.
You seem really pissed off with your city at the moment. I think you're still well, a bit salty. This is, my shop not is actually sculpture commissioned. You know, years back. I think my shop salty. My shop is and <laughs> actually in, on the border of our city and another city. So, our the city that my shop is is maintained by is a different municipality. But you're right. I that that is the reason why I don't any. I, anytime I hashtag the area, I don't fucking give any. Any I don't even say where I am anymore because it's just like. You motherfuckers don't do anything for me. I don't get to do anything for you. Assholes. Fair enough. Fair enough. So the, the snow's sorted now. You can get back in the shop. You're it back, just started back snowing north. again. It's going to snow for oh. three to six inches now. I'm, I'm looking out the window. I'm seeing snowfall. So it'll oh, be fine. Geez. But it's annoying. You another week in your sex dungeon prep prepared then, have you? You, need to, you, you? you don't know what you're talking about, sir. You and your <laughs> damp pants and your, your damp <laughs> Yorkshire pudding. I don't know Yorkshire pudding. You and your damp Yorkshire pudding. Get out of here. So 30 minutes, 27 minutes, and we haven't talked about any knife making, really. Congratulations. Awesome. <laughs> okay, this this is sort of knife related. Combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at combatabrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! 15% off all your abrasives at combatabrasives.com and make sure you use KNIFETALK15. And funny enough, I was speaking to Garrett, who runs, who I think he owns Combat Abrasives the other day, um, and they've he wanted me to mention that they've got a whole new range of gun care stuff coming as well. So if you're into knives, great. If you're into guns, they can have stuff for you there as well. So that's coming very soon. So just to let you know, hmm. let's talk about um, some questions. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? This is the bit of the show where you sort of ask questions of, of us. We do our best to answer. Um, we don't normally get the right answers, but we try our best and we have a bit of fun. So if you've got a question... Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. That easy. And Bond Street Knives did exactly that and says, So for the past year, I've been in talks with a guy for sponsorship who's an hunting cooking, who was on a hunting and cooking show. He sought me out for the sponsorship... We met and made a verbal agreement, and I sent a kitchen knife um, set for him to promote. In the show, for almost a year, he's barely mentioned the business. Recently, he asked for hunting knives to promote as well, promising to fully promote my business again. I was supposed to deliver them today, and luckily, before I drove two hours to deliver them, his business partner informed me they are about to sign a contract with fucking Cold Steel for some sponsor deal. After he preached small businesses and US made to me, he signs with a big company. Thank God I didn't give up a grand's worth of knives before they decided to tell me. He says, I know going on a verbal agreement was stupid, but people are shady shitbags. So it's not really a question. It's just he's just mentioning something that where uh, that's happened to him. Um, and I mean, we get a lot as we get. I mean, I'm sure you, you guys do, but I get approached a fair bit from people saying, you know, could I? Let's have some sort of sponsorship. Can I have one of your knives and I'll promote it? And they never really work out those kind of things, to be honest with you. I mean, you guys, you must get them a fair bit, do you? Yeah. Never work out. They never, never work, work out. out. Ever. You know, and the what's hilarious is the best, the one that's was not even close to being anything like that, but totally went that direction. Uh, I guess uh, it was Joe Rogan. Like, he didn't ask for anything free he not only did he pay he waited and he promoted the shit out of me it was mm -hmm. awesome and that's like that's 
that's what everybody like that's what all these other people are claiming that they will do i when i first started i had people who were like oh i work in an open kitchen and we're slicing meat right there in front of the customer and they're right. always asking about the knife and no, blah 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 we'll promote and i'm just like no i i never did any of those i trust me i i donate i've donated to like auctions and and other done other things that i kind of regret now but yeah those other ones were like we want we if you give me something for free i'll promote it that never works out i've never i've never heard of it being successful for anybody well this is also not just an instagram and social media thing this is just a business thing that people do all the time right you know it's I mean, people do this all the time, and they're looking for free stuff. the The worst part is, is this guy actually tr- had tried to form a relationship with this guy, with the with the with the dude. I mean, business is business. I, unfortunately, we're all most of the people listening to this podcast are not in the business of allotting a certain amount of t- of stuff to go out. I mean, we're some of us yeah. are working hand to mouth, and it, yeah. I don't think that we give off the impression that it's not the case. I, I believe I believe that if you can't afford to uh, send stuff out and at a goodwill, I think you that's a different story. But I mean, these these TV shows they'll never promote because ultimately their their producers. However, I shouldn't say that because I just did a knife with um, Julia Davison, who's the she has a TV show on PBS called America's Test Kitchen. And she bought a knife, just like you were saying about Joe. She bought a knife. She waited. She paid full price. She was super cool. And then I guess they put they put it on. Uh, Shipwright Skills told me that he was watching it, and they did a nice uh, flyover of it with the with the logo. So it's all it's you know people are shitbags. Yeah, and I think if people are wanting it for free, they don't value it that much. So they they've got no sort of skin in the game. Why would they want to promote it? They don't genuinely love that product. Whereas I think if, like in your case with 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 uh, Joe and with, and with was it Julia you said, yeah. you know they, they've bought them so they've they've got some skin that you know they genuinely like them so they're more likely to promote. Um, yeah, I I can't see. It. I mean, I, I say that there has been certain times where I've sought people out and said, look, would you like a knife? Right. Um, but I think if people come to you, it it's, it's a bit shady. I think it probably yeah. won't work. There is a couple of d- kinds of people who. I don't know if they've bought their followers or they make it seem as though they're a certain way and they'll have pictures of plates and stuff like that. And like the, it's mm-hmm. always the same plate or, or a different variation of the plate. And then if you look on how many likes their, their posts get, and it's almost like nothing, you know, it's yeah. just like, it's just, you wonder, you know, who, who is the, who, who are some of these people? Some of them are, they just, they want free shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, and they don't. And, but I, most of it's the most of it's the fact that they just don't understand what a small business person really is. You know, I buy sure. knives and hammers from friends of mine and people I know. I never nickel and dime. I just because I know what's what it's like. Sure. I know what it's yeah. like to have to fucking deal with that shit. I just. Yeah, I feel for this guy. I, I can understand. I mean, let's say just starting out, um, and you know, you're selling a few knives, and you want to get your knives in front of more people. You know. It's easy to think, well, maybe if I give a knife to somebody, you know, who's got more sort of status, you know, with regards to following that kind of thing, maybe it'll get in front of more eyes. 
I mean, maybe it will get in front of more eyes, but are they the people who really would be buying your work anyway? You know, you know, I understand why people do it, but I think, like Morocco said, time and time again, we hear these stories where it just it just doesn't work out. Really but doesn't. at the same time, you're fighting a losing battle if you're if you're pinching your pennies all the time. Hmm. You know, you can't be trans. You, all your decision making can't be totally transactional at the moment. So, like, I try not to think about these little tiny costs in the great scheme of things. You know, mm -hmm. I'm actually going to be making a knife for a chef friend, not a friend, a chef that I really admire. And I'm going to make him a knife because he's provided a lot of um, content that I really like. And he and I have kind of texted back and forth. And I just, you know, he didn't offer to pay for it, but it's fine. I, I made the decision. I just want to do it. You know, and I yeah. think that you... You get to the point where I know that uh, Tomer does. Tomer sends knives out all the time, and I know that he like sometimes it's just like what a fucking wreck. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Promotion mm. can be good, but I think you just have to be real careful. I think it sucks that this guy tried to forge this relationship with with um, Bond Street, promoting small business and promoting American made and stuff like that, and then he goes and kind of you know gets a better deal for the most part gets a better deal probably and you probably even get a get a piece of the back end of one of these big companies you know like sure so i mean it's hard to it's hard it's luckily luckily the business partner told him before he brought the, obviously they felt a little oh guilty because they didn't they didn't tell him after he gave him the free set of knives could have could have yeah. given the free set of knives or the hunting knives get all the hunting now get everything and then say oh by the way we're gonna go with cold steel that would have been way shittier I mean, god yep. I, I will say if you do anything like it's, it sounds like they did a lot of talking on the phone or somehow or in, even met in person, it sounds like as well. Uh, if you do anything like that and, you know, there's no written exchange, follow up with an email just to like clarify where things are at and what the plan is. And it's not to be a jerk or anything. It's just to make sure things are clear, but it's also kind of to make sure you have it documented. Anytime yeah. I talk on the phone with somebody, whether I've already email with them a little bit and they're like hey let's jump on the phone we get on a phone call we talk i still follow up with an email to create a, a line of documented uh, documentation of what we've discussed um so if for whatever reason some crazy shit like this happens down the line i have some sort of documentation that says you know we've we've talked about this this was our verbal agreement because verbal agreements you know this isn't <laughs> knights and chivalry in the fucking dark ages you know your word <laughs> is your honor is not the fucking deal is not the contract anymore my word is my honor it doesn't mean shit i'm sorry to say anymore really and, but people um, can also i mean people can also change their minds you know i don't think right. just because he said i want the well, knives that's... doesn't mean yeah so i mean you can't really you know and 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 not most of the listeners that we deal with probably aren't going to be you know getting lawyers and stuff sorry guys yeah I, d I don't think so much about getting lawyers but you can refer back to and say well look remember yeah. you said this come on He's, you know be, be decent or scum yeah. scum or scum scum or scum right. scum or scum uh, yeah. also something else I, I just thought of um i when i did the forge and fire thing the contract and obviously it would be very different if i was like the host of a show like it sounds like this hunter chef person is the host of something but in the contract it talks about how um you're not really supposed to be like promoting things and so even though this guy said that he would help promote your business and he's on tv and shit 
doesn't necessarily mean that he's actually capable of doing it because he might have something in a contract somewhere saying mm. that he can't actually do that. But and it might so... be also his show. He could. I mean, most of these guys have their own production company and they're doing it on them, doing it themselves, and they're selling it to the TV companies. So he sure. he could have probably. Ultimately, the guy, our friend Bond Street, lo your loss is very minimal. And let's just chalk it up to that. I'm happy that you didn't like, you know, eat total shit. Yeah. You know, whilst we're talking about TV shows and Morocco just mentioned Forged and Fire, this, <laughs> I've been watching this show this week called, I don't know if you've seen it, called Blown Away. It's now on season two and it's basically Forged in Fire, but they're glass blowers. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, it's 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 a weird thing because I'm not into glass blowing, but I just find it fascinating. It really is fascinating, and it's it's very much along the same lines of Forged in Fire. Um, but yeah, but it's it's a bit more sort of arty, I suppose, and they're making these sort of art pieces. Mm. Um, it's it's good. It's, it's good much watch. more glass blowing is much more of a it's it's much more like dancing. You know, there's you you have you have to, all of a sudden instead of you know with forging, you don't have to worry about centrifugal <laughs> motion. You don't have to mm. spin that shit. You know, make sure you know it's it's it's, it's pretty amazing, pretty amazing. Yeah. And they they have helpers with them as well because. Yeah. Um, you know, they need somebody to blow and somebody to turn, somebody to take the weight and stuff. So they have like a like a, like a small team. It's really good, really good. Okay, next question. Who wants to take it? I'll take it. Let's see. Where is it? <laughs> All right, J J M Custom Knives with a Z. He says, "Hey guys, got a question for you. I want to get into stainless, but I don't have an oven or heat." Uh, for heat treating it, I can't afford one right now either. Does stainless have a different uh, different critical temperature than high carbon, or does it actually have uh, a special temp for heat treating? Thanks, guys. I love listening to the podcast while I work. Would you use stainless using? Hosts? It's higher. Think I mean, 440C is higher. much higher than uh, carbon oh, steel, steel by like yeah. a mile. Right. Well, because carbon steel, you can heat treat from, or most kind of simple carbon steels, you can heat treat from as low as around 1475, um, where I think the minimal temperature for most stainless is like 1925. 1920, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's a fair whack more. And to be honest with you, I'd say if you don't have an oven, um, it's 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 just a lot harder with stainless steel because you know you're going to do like foil wraps and all these kinds of things as well. Um, it is going to be very difficult to do it without a, you know a decent oven. If you, you know, so what I'd say is if if you don't have one, fine. That you know, carbon steels use carbon steels. People are making great stuff, obviously, with carbon steels anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, you know, wait till you get an oven before trying because it's just not really worth the, worth the hassle. Well, yeah. this actually dovetails into, you know, last week we were talking about if you don't have a heat treating oven, send it out. I got a message from our friend Stark Knives, and he said, hey, guys, I just finished this week's show, and I have some input in the cost of sending knives out to be heat treated. The main factor that will affect the price is the quantity that you're sending out. Generally, the more you send, the cheaper the cost is per blade. For example, when I've done batches of around 100 knives, the cost is typically 4 to $6 per knife. Other places will do it up for up to, uh, do uh, up to twenty knives at a flat hundred dollar price point, and then uh, each additional one's an extra bit. I started sending out my knives to be heat treated, and it was a huge help when I wasn't sure if a kiln was worth it for me. 
they do all straighten and do all the cryo for you. And now I have uh, an even heat kiln and love doing uh, small batches and one-offs or urgent projects. It's a huge help. However, for big batches, I still like to send, uh, send them out and save time and money. Hope this helps. Mm -hmm. Keep up the great work on the show. I always tune in every week. Benny. Thanks, Benny. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's Ben at Stark Knives. Right. His knives are beautiful. I remember when I was sort of messing around with knives and I was selling the odd knife and thing. And there's like, I got to that point where, right, I'm going to take this seriously now. This is going to be my sort of career. And there was a number of sort of knife makers and brands I was looking at. And Stark was definitely one of them to, you know, to sort of hold myself to with regards to quality and how clean the design is. Really, really beautiful knife. So, yeah, thanks, Ben, for that. Yeah, he's a good dude. And, and, you know, it does make a good point. I mean, that's the thing is you could say to yourself, is it worth it to get an even heat um, or is it worth it to send stuff out? I mean, you're t if you're talking about hundreds of dollars versus, like, thousands of dollars, I mean, it's like, once again, when you get to the point where you're just – don't pinch, don't penny pinch over 100 bucks. You know, it's mm -hmm. like – if you if you have the stainless steel, the time and energy that you cut it out, get it ready for you, they'll straighten it, they'll temper it, they'll cryo it if you ask for it. If it's like 150 bucks, 200 bucks, it's like, what's don't you know lose sleep over 200 dollars? It's just like it's most likely isn't worth your time. But if you're going to do it a lot, the one thing is about the even heats is I love the fact that I can like the urgency. If you have urgency or you want to make it happen. You can do it 100% yourself at your leisure. But, you know, if you're fucking around with stainless and you're just not too sure, send that shit out. Yeah. yeah. Arnie loves a good even heat. He yeah. loves an even heat. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper! Even heat for the pro shoes. Um, but also, we can get you a discount anyway. So if, if you are saving up for an even heat, make sure you're using the discount. Um, and that's with Soul Ceramics. So they're a distributor of even heat all across America and I think Canada as well. Um, they'll actually do free shipping, which is great because these things are pretty heavy. But you can also get $75 off. Um, and you can go to Soul Ceramics. Um, you can you know spec it all out. You can have the tap controller. You can have the, the, the you know the quiet drives. You can have all these different things on. You can spec it all out at Soul Ceramics. Get your discount. The way to do that is to go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, and that'll apply your discount when you get to checkout. Or for whatever reason that domain isn't working, we're having some issues with that domain. Just look down in our show notes. There's a there's a domain there. Click on that. It'll take you to Soul Ceramics. Make your order, and when you get to checkout, it'll apply that discount and give you free shipping too. Even yeah. eight is the way to go. I got one more note I want to add about that last question. So part of his question is about uh, is there like there being a particular temperature? So like we said, you know, you got to get to a high temperature, but it also has a small window because if you go too much higher than like twenty one hundred degrees, you're gonna start melting your steel, and then <laughs> it's totally gone to crap. So that is another key reason uh, to get into an even heat where you can have that kind of control over, especially the top end temperature, uh, so you're not completely ruining that material and throwing it in the garbage when you're done. <laughs> plus, yeah. plus, you know, you're not just getting it to 1900 degrees or 1950 and then pulling it. You're letting it soak for like 10, 15 minutes, you know, right. so, or so, in certain cases, half an hour. So you really mm -hmm. want to make sure you, you can't do that with a forge. It's, it's, you can't, you can't maintain that very specific temperature for a long period of time. What are you going to do? You're going to stand there with your, you know, in and out of the 
forge every five seconds? You gotta do no. that. Get yourself, get yourself yeah. a fucking forge. Uh, uh, even Eaton, stop the nonsense. <laughs> all right, we've done enough plugs. <laughs> yeah. Well, this next question is all about heat treating and even heat again. Is but, it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sage Mambuka. Uh, hey, guys, urgent question. Or maybe I'm just being dumb. I don't really care if you read this on the podcast. I'm just looking for your inputs. I was listening to the latest episode, I believe it was, and you guys were answering a question about using an even heat for the heat treat and then temper. And you guys said it's difficult to do that with one oven because of the time it takes for the oven to cool back down to tempering temperatures. That got me wondering if I'm quenching for too long, if that's possible. Um, when I heat treat, I plunge the blade into the oil and leave it until the oil becomes room temperature. And he says, should I be leaving it in for that long or should I take it out sooner to go into the temper cycle? Maybe I'm just overthinking this, but I would greatly appreciate you guys uh, could ease my brain. Thanks to guys. Thanks, guys. You kill. Um, so, yeah. So basically he's um, he's quenching his blade and he's leaving that blade in the oil there until everything comes right back down to room temperature. Um, what do you guys think? What do you think, Jeff? I think that if you're not worried about it warping, I don't see a problem with it. But it, I, what I do is, and I learned, I don't, I think I learned, I learned it from Kevin Cashin. Kevin Cashin was on a was some video with Kevin Cashin, who's like the master, and he said that he, what he does is he quenches in the oil. You get the oil, the type of oil per, based on this alloy you're using. You get it at the temperatures to get it get it to. And he was very one of the things he was very into is, is is the purity of the oil. He says, you know, a lot of times you guys are using oil that you've already fucked up the viscosity too many times. It's, too, it's bullshit. You got to be real. You really want. He was very specific on making sure that your oil is fresh and not overused, and you know, make sure blah blah blah. But what he did was he 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 got it to critical temperature, quenched it. And then agitate it up and down so you're you're avoiding the vapor jacket. And he says, I he was counting. I don't think you, I for some reason I ended up counting this, you know, 17 Mississippi or something like that, 15 to 17 Mississippi. And you're getting it below, you're getting up to the point where when you pull it out, the austenite, you know, you form the austenite, you're putting in the quench, and the austenite is kicking over to martensite. And you have a small window, I think it's below, I don't remember, it was 700 degrees or something like that, where you can still with your hands gloved hands you can straighten it and then no. at you can straighten any warps before you know instead of having to do the shim temper and then you know you, you keep you cool it down from there so i've been doing it that way and i've been getting great results yeah i i don't know the reason but I, i've read um a few times that you should be tempering as soon as you can after your initial heat treat um particularly with with carbon steels um, so if you've just got the one oven and you're waiting for that temperature to come down, um, I'd say probably leaving it in oil is pretty, it's probably a good call, actually, because it's going to be at a, at, at a warmer temperature than just bringing it out and then just setting it on the counter and waiting for that, that oven to drop. So it, pr it probably is a good call. Um, but, yeah, what do you think, Mareko? Uh I think once, once the steel gets down to about 250 degrees, not much is happening anymore. And so you don't necessarily have to let it stay warm or, or anything like that. And again, like, uh, and Jeff and I were talking to Spencer at Blade Show a couple of years back, and he advised, you know, putting a fan in front of the kiln uh, or, or somehow trying to cool it down. Like you guys use the bricks to help suck out heat. It, it, it'll help bring the heat down pretty quickly. I use compressed air and it takes about, 
maybe five minutes of blowing out uh, <laughs> the even heat kiln uh, to help. I get worried cycle about cool. the dust, and I get worried about the coils. Yeah, I, I mean, he said it's not well, a problem. I actually I talked to him about it. I get worried um, about the coils. It, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe there might be an issue if there's like forge scale all, uh, in the bottom and how if that's hitting the coils and what that effect that would have on those coils. But um, anyways, yeah, even if I, I, you know, I've used a fan and it takes like 20 minutes to cool down. That's plenty, like that's plenty quick to just uh, pull your, your blade out um, and let it air or to just sit in the ambient air temperature, unless you're like in a freezing ass cold shop, then maybe you do want to keep it in the oil or something like that. But it, it's nothing's really happening. I don't think it, now, do you want to wait until the whole next day to temper the blade? I don't think so. Not at all. And so, so, um, but when you do let that even heat cool down, I'm sure Jeff has found this too. Like, you don't want to necessarily close it all the way closed because the bricks still retain a lot of heat and it'll bump that temperature up. I think I've seen mine jump back. Like, I'll pull it down to like 200 degrees and then it'll jump back up to like 450 or something like that. But if I leave it cracked, even just like three quarters of an inch or so, um, it's still hot. It's still plenty hot in there, but it allows the kiln to kind of do its thing without overheating the material that's in there for the temper. Hmm. My worry with doing that always is just cracking the door a bit is the. Everything runs off the temperature of the thermocouple, which is basically like the, the probe. Yeah. That's, that says what the temperature is. So if you've cracked the door a bit, there could be just like a little a little bit of air getting in there, which is affecting the thermocouple, but not necessarily affecting the temperature of the oven because, I mean, the oven is, is doing its job. It, it's retaining as much heat as possible. So I think the air getting in is going to affect the thermocouple quicker then it affects the oven. Right. But so I see a lot of people being like, you know, super fast, like sometimes dangerously fast, open up the oven, bring the knife out, shutting the door as quick as they can, and then get into their quench. Whereas I'd prefer to open the door, get the oven out, stick it in the quench, and then worry about the door because yeah. those bricks will actually retain loads of heat. That thermocouple sure. is, is giving the air temperature really within the oven, not necessarily the, the, the mass of heat, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I think. Uh, uh, when you're leaving it or when I'm leaving it open a crack um, to keep the kiln from overheating uh, in my temper because of that hot, I guess the, the, the heat of the air inside of the kiln is, is um, there's like a difference of pot like pressure. And so hmm. cold air isn't going to seep into the hot. If anything, if, if air does kind of start seeping in, it's going to tran transfer that heat like almost instantly. Um, hmm, and usually right. that's my tang that's near the door anyways. And so I'm not too worried about the tang side of the knife. If any quote, uh, cold air, quote unquote, gets to the, the blade. But also like what's most important is, you know, it's half a second of cool air touching your knife isn't going to be the death of you because your knife has to temper for at least an hour solid at, at temperature, if not yeah. a couple hours anyways. And so uh, I'm, I'm not worried about it at all myself personally. There you go. Cool. Love it. Next question. So we, oh, we've ahead, sold sorry. the shit out of the ovens. What, what about <laughs> grinders, Jeff? What, what, what grinder are you using? I, I, I use my Broadbeck Ironworks 2x72 grinder. And I actually just got, they just sent me a flag. I have to find a place. I have to find a good place for the flag. I'm a Broadbeck man. Vince and Ryan do a great job. They have really, really worked hard to make a great, versatile grinder. 
Um, they are knife makers. They're both on Forge and Fire. They make knives. They make beautiful knives. And so they know what you're going through. And if you go get yourself the Broadback Ironworks 2x72 grinder and you put in Knife Talk 10, you get broadbackironworks.com. You're going to get 10% off. The shipping's included. Uh, I love one of my favorite features are the is the um, the platen. I love the slack arm and platen. The platen is super long, which is for for me. I, I really like it. And I what I really like is people say, well, I get a dimple in my in the plate of my platen. They'll send replacement plates for like three dollars plus shipping. It's 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 cheaper than if you were to buy the steel and t- drill and t- do the taps yourself. It's great. Um, very versatile. Uh, it goes horizontal and vertical. I'm looking at it right now. It's beautiful. I've been I've been beating the living shit out of mine. Not really, kinda. For a couple years. I think a couple years, year and a half. Keep two year, almost year and a half. I love it. I love it. It's my number one grinder in the shop. When I had to change one part and I didn't have a part, I didn't use it. I was bummed until I I, I was psyched to get that part back. I love it. Broadbeckironworks.com. Knife Talk 10, get yourself that 10% off. Thank you. There we go. There we go. Let's do a couple more questions, and then I think we've had some advice, unsolicited advice yeah. from our from some of our listeners. Yeah. Uh, Mareko, do you want to take this next question from the Canton Cutler? Yeah, the Canton Cutler says, Hi, KTP. Uh, I've been a member member of the Ingle Grinder community bow, 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 uh, for some time now, and re- uh, regrettably... Uh, I'm looking to hand in my membership card and cancel my subscription. Uh, will a porter band change my life? I'm starting to work in batches now, and Angle Grinder community no longer has my support. Keep it up, always, Jake. What do you guys think? Well, we'll have to bring this up with the committee, whether he can actually leave the club, because once you're in the club, you're in the club. Well, Jake, I am I, as a as a as a, uh, a, a angle grinder community separatist. I fully support your decision. Oh, there's a wow. whole faction of people now just splitting off and starting Fuck their own little things. society. I put my time in with that community, and I fucking had it. <laughs> okay. Well, the Canton Cutler is from my hometown back back in Cardiff, so. Um, He's flying the flag there for the uh, for the porter band community, I think. Yeah. But um, whilst we're talking about porter bands, um, I've gone through about three blades in the last maybe month, um, just dulling like crazy. And I, rem- I remember Mareko saying the blades that he used were brilliant. What, 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 they're not sponsored in any way. I was, just, I was just wondering, just for my own purposes. What were they, Mareko? I don't remember the name brand of them actually uh oh, you, <laughs> ones i've really had success with in the past are lennox blades um which i think you can find online i've been able to find them at lowe's as well um but the newest yeah, right. brand that i've been yeah the newest brand i've been using i unfortunately cannot think of the name the price is a little better they seem to cut just as well and so i've been going that way um but unfortunately, I don't have a name of that company. <laughs> right. But the okay. Lennox are great. Le- Lennox, you said. They? Yeah. Right, I love the Lennox are great. Some of them. Milwaukee okay, cool. has made a new version of their be- of their of their blades. I think it's called like Extreme Extreme. Mm. They're fucking awesome. They are extreme. They're awesome. They're okay. way better than the old ones. So okay, get yourself so. the Milwaukee Extremes, and and then um, they're awesome. The, the yeah, here's those the old here's, ones were bullshit. They were. I mean, but I could, you could get a whole... The whole reason why porta bands are good is because, you know, for some reason, 
the 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 bandsaw community decided let's not make anything standard what do you what do you say guys let's make all the different sizes of of of, of yeah. uh, blades like to like a quarter of an inch and let's fucking let's fuck everybody up with it so it's like <laughs> portabands are good because they sell portaband blades in their standard and you can go to a uh, you know a hardware store and get them you know, if you had a regular bandsaw blade, you got to like go to McMaster Car, or you got to go on Amazon, or you got to find a guy. You can't just run out and get them if you fuck a couple teeth up. Like you use yeah. you know, the stainless steel, and you do that goddamn move where all of a sudden it goes, and all your fucking teeth fly off, and all of a sudden it's just like, <laughs> well, that was a waste. You know, yep. you work hard in the stainless or whatever, and you're just like, what is it going to take me? How many blades are it going to take me? And all of a sudden you're looking at how many you have, and you got to finish the shit, so you got to run out. <laughs> This is what yeah. gets you stuck in the goddamn angle grinder community, you know. Yeah. But, I yeah. but if I you got, got a portable, make sure, make sure you either get one of those tables um, that mount it, or, or make something. Um, sure. Don't be using that tiny little table that'll you know that inch table. Make sure you put out a decent table. I and, um, last time I went to the 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 emergency room was because I had my portaband in a leg vice, and then it slipped, and then I fucking slipped. And then it was not good. But those swag tables are great for a specific type of. We're going to be. We're going to some Milwaukee Center Center something. The Mil, There's a Mil. <laughs> it's built for this. There's a notch in some of the Milwaukee Porta Bands. And sure. the swag table fits that perfectly. It locks in. I have an older. I had an older Milwaukee Porta Band and then a swag table. And I, and I had to wedge it up because it was just hanging by the bolt. And I fucking hated it. But I got a I got a guy who sells used portabands. I get a couple of them every so often. I see him, and then this notch fits in that swag table perfectly. It locks it in great. So that's the only problem with those things. It's they're very specific to a specific part yeah. of the build of the fucking thing. Yeah, I, oh. I made one for myself, and it Ooh. works really well. So, yeah. Hey, Ooh. I'm, I made one too. Ooh, Ooh. look at you, handy. <laughs> proper makers, me and you, Morocco. Proper yeah. makers, Fuck that's right. I like Not to buy. Lazy. I like to spend my money. <laughs> if I got a problem, my my answer is throw money at the problem and it'll all go away. I found the brand that I've been using. It's called Master Cobalt, and you can I, I can get a five pack for twenty five bucks from my local. Wow, shop. that's fucking good. And they're wow. great. I've been using them. Five yeah. pack. Yeah. Look at I you. think I'm paying probably the equivalent of twenty five dollars for one. Oh my oh, you're god! Getting, wow. You're getting yeah, bent cool. over the old. You're getting bent over the Yorkshire pudding. You're, you're yeah. giving it to you. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking I was going to say leg vice, but giving it to you in the pud. God damn! <laughs> Twenty-five bucks for one portaband plate. What a bunch of thieves! Jesus I'm Christ! I'm in nowhere here. Yeah, yeah you no are. Choice. You better. No. You but you're better off chewing it your with your own teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, Louise, twenty-five bucks for one blade? You are getting ripped off. Yeah, making <laughs> sure bad. Hey, let's fuck <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Fucking French. I will thank uh, Will Bettinger, or Will Bettinger, Dan Bettinger, for introducing me to those bandsaw blades. Uh, but yeah, I can get them at my local welding shop, um, and they're awesome. I've been using them like crazy. I will say though, to kind of go back to the question, I don't think a porter band replaces. An angle grinder. I use my uh, angle grinder all the time still for all kinds of cutoff stuff where I don't, where I'm not trying to like preserve the blade because, uh, like Jeff mentioned earlier, there are some things you just do not want to cut with the porter band because it'll chew up the, it'll chew up the blade. 
Uh, and mm -hmm. also that the blade is not necessarily meant to be cutting anyways. And that is where the angle grinder comes in handy. And I use it all the time. Do you know what did not chew up my portaband blades? What's that? My block of, my piece of Damasteel. Mm. Craig? I mean, and it went through nicely. Oh, 100%. I mean, I was surprised. I was surprised how easy it was to cut. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, so we've talked about this for a couple of weeks now, haven't we? The three of us have got a really fancy piece of Dharma core, which is the Dharma steel with a, with a different core to it. Um, I still haven't done anything with mine yet, but I mean, I keep meaning to. Get that $25 bandsaw blade of a fucking workout. <laughs> I'm, waiting, I'm waiting to see somebody else fuck up so I don't make the same mistake, basically. It's one of those things where it's, it's such a, like an amazing piece of steel that I, I don't want to fuck it, and I'm scared to. I just need to get on it. Need to get on it. I think I'm going to be able to get three knives out of that one piece. Since oh I'm, wow! Since Dang. I'm doing the forging, yeah. Um, we'll see though. Fingers yes. crossed. I might get no knives out of it too. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're a customer and you want to get some Dharma steel, um, you need to register on their site um, because it's pretty special stuff that they got there. But if you use Knife Talk Ten at checkout, you get ten percent off any Dharma steel you buy as well. Do we have any unsolicited advice, Jeff? Yes. Um, if you have, it, we were unsolicited advice, or as as we say, I know you didn't ask, but the interesting is thing is, is last week we had a lot of um, messages about we were talking about cutting boards, and for some reason, woodworkers just might be better writers than metal workers because, you know, when we get messages from like metal workers, it's always like. Me want heat treating recipe versus <laughs> me want bang bang fire fire. <laughs> me want me want quite me answer me answer question. No, you answer question. But like for some reason, like the woodworking community, there it's like Shakespeare. It's like Shakespeare. So we got a pile of really good, uh, well written that we're probably not going to read. Uh, responses. I mean, unless you guys want to go into the you know DMs and check, pick a, pick a few, but, it, but the the idea was we were talking about what somebody asked what kind of um, cutting boards you were using in the there's people the the idea was what I was getting the most of is most people were saying the end grains are supposed to be easier on your blade because they the end grains separate a little bit and you kind of ease out and then when you re-oil it kind of self-heals the other thing is is the woods have essential oils that prevent bacteria but does not prevent fungus the, there wasn't like a wood or plastic it was just like wood's really good because of this reason but you can get fungus on your fucking thing and and plastic's really good too but you can get bacteria so there was everyone was well written with no final answer but um I know what you, this comes from uh, Brenton Harmer. I know you didn't ask, but my father-in-law is a chef and has worked in large-scale kitchens and hospitals. He stores his plastic cutting boards in the freezer to kill any nasty nasties that aren't scrubbed um, off. My opinion nice. is, I think he's just putting the nasties to sleep. I don't think yep. he's killing them opinion. off. <laughs> I ain't giving the nasties opinion. a nap. I don't think that. I don't think that uh, freezers kill bacteria. I think it just gives them a little sleepy time. I mean, yeast is a perfect example, right? Yeast is a bacteria that creates bubbly deliciousness for our breads. But if you're not using it, if you, especially if you're using dry active yeast or something like that, they advise that you put it in the freezer. But you can pull it right back out and use it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And who's got a freezer big enough for a? I, the cutting board thing was interesting because there was a lot of like you know 
the oils make it very, you know, fight this off and the end grains help your blade and everything like that. I like plastic from Ikea and I throw it out <laughs> when it starts to get nasty. <laughs> I throw it out. Um, yeah. One thing I hadn't realized that somebody had mentioned is that with, with plastic, you obviously have like score lines then on, on the board and they could, they can harbor, you know, right. germs and stuff right. as well, right. which I obviously haven't thought of. Yeah. But everyone who wrote in, you did a great job. Thank you very much for that. There's just too much. I mean, like I said, there's, I've never seen more well-written articles from our listeners in the cutting. T there is a room on the Makery channel for cutting board talk. So feel free to start a podcast because snowblower snowblower talk is taken by the uh, handmade podcast. They're they're now snowblower talk. <laughs> um, this one comes from Stan Blade Community. I know you didn't ask, but if you don't want to screw up the natural lines of your suit by putting a big wallet in your back pocket, go ahead and use your prison wallet. Just don't go digging it out digging out your cash at the ca at the checkout counter when making a purchase they get upset really fast and i won't make that mistake again what's a prison wallet your butthole oh, oh jesus christ <laughs> i mean i had to See, ask back, we're back to metal workers now aren't we talking well, about stuff you know, like this none of this I had intelligent to ask woodworking too. stuff i only knew it because i had to ask him too so oh mm -hmm. jesus christ mm -hmm. okay <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll come back to a couple more of these. Let's I mean, give some more questions. Some of them are good. Some of them aren't. I mean, I like that one. I thought it was funny because I... Fine. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was assuming a sock or something. Anyway. Yeah, it's a sock, all right. Brett, Brett Childers says... <laughs> Childers. Um, Childers, sorry. Um, I want pictures, Damascus. <laughs> <laughs> Show me... Me want to know Show how to make... Show me pictures. But I'm Damascus. <laughs> we go bang, bang, or hot steel. Bang, bang, hot steel. Come on, everybody. Relax, relax. Everybody relax. <laughs> he says, hey, KTB guys, is there a diagram or book or literature on the internet for steps involved for mosaic Damascus there you patterns? Go, you were right. <laughs> there are plenty of videos on the internet, but I feel a step-by-step -step tutorial would be beneficial. All I seem to find is pictures of the finished billets, but not much in the way of how to get there. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong spot, or I must learn the wizardry on my own. Thanks for all you do for the community. So Mareko used to do his Pattern Weld Wednesdays where he'd take you through all the steps um, involved in making his um, his Damascus patterns. Um, but Mareko, is there like a, a library of them? You talked last week maybe <laughs> of, of setting them up as your highlights as well on, on there, Instagram. Is it 
<clears throat> yeah, I have a few that are in highlights, or maybe at least two that are in highlights. Uh, but I actually went and dug back through my posts um, because I had, I had also kind of like done, hit like the little save tab and categorized them. And so I've gone through and edited all of them so they have the hashtag Maumascus. It's M-A-U-M-A-S-C-U-S. Um, and if you pull those up, it'll pull up uh, like, I don't know, like a dozen different walkthroughs of my pattern welded Wednesdays or whatever ones I could find myself. That is the problem with the pattern welded Wednesdays when I first started them is I didn't understand how, like how to properly label them or anything like that. So they're easily to identify as you're scrolling through Instagram, uh, or to use a, a you know, kind of a, a branded hashtag so that so that they were easy to find that way. So I just started doing that. So again, if you search Mal Mascus, um, you can find most of my pattern welded Wednesdays. Um, I know Salem Straub has done some walkthroughs on his Instagram as Graham as well. Um, but again, it's the, the, there's kind of a problem of being able to identify which ones are the actual walkthroughs and which ones aren't. Um, so you just kind of, unfortunately you got to dig through, they're out there for sure, but you just kind of, you got to dig through them. And, you know, unfortunately, the you know, you should take a class. I mean, that's really the answer. And unfortunately, yeah, you know, sure. it was interesting because I just talked to Pat Quinn on the Full Blast podcast and we're talking about, you know, he's he's one of the best blacksmiths around. And one of the reasons why is because he has put in an extraordinary amount of time from in schools, uh, teaching, um, being, you know, schools, really. I mean, he went to schools and he taught less, he got lessons and he taught things and he put the time in and we're in this strange environment now, especially with the pandemic where we think, well, I kind of know what I'm doing. Maybe I should, I can just figure it out on my own. I mean, there's no, people ask me, how can I be as good as Pat? Well, you got to fucking work. You know, it's like, unfortunately we have this, you know, there's so much at our fingertips that we've become, we've taken for granted the amount of time and energy it mm-hmm. takes to get to the point where you're Salem Straub or Mareko Mamasi or or Pat Quinn or something like that. This didn't happen overnight, you know. And and you know even Mareko didn't, you know, he didn't just watch YouTube videos and now he's the way he is. I mean, he's you put the time into working with people and working under people, and there's you know you that's the sep- that's the main separation with these things. I mean, there are great sure. online resources, but nothing beats working under someone who knows what the fuck they're doing sure yeah yeah and that's kind of i mean that's how i got my foundation i think a lot of what i've learned too has come from just being willing to make mistakes and learning from those mistakes not only you know that what's not going to work but how you know what different processes and forging processes are going to create in kind of like line movement and activity um in those patterns and also brett is a homie of mine. And Brett, you can send me a message, bud, if you need help with something. Oh, look at that. Yeah, he's a, he's a local maker service. here. Yeah, he he's shops like service. 20 minutes from mine. And he's a great guy. Yeah, Brett, what are you writing in for? Why don't you just call Mareko, for Christ's <laughs> sakes? Man, so you, got this, you get the white glove service. God bless you, Brett. All right, ready for another one? Yep. Let's do it. This is from at Lucas. It says, hey, guys, long time creeper, first time poster. Uh, I recently started making YouTube videos centered around blacksmithing and knife making. And I'm struggling generally, uh, generally, but mostly I'm struggling to appeal to a wider viewing audience. Do you have any ideas on how to 
expand my viewing base outside of just knife makers and blacksmiths. Love the show. Slow-mo, more sparks. Fireworks. Late 80s heavy metal music. Tits. That seems to be the uh, Big the way to get things in front of viewers. Big asses. <laughs> Tits. Jesus. <laughs> What? Was that, was big that, that, tits what? In the background of was your, of your, like, was your video. I, how was I? Was my I didn't realize. Are you it was, I thought it was YouTube or Pornhub. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing is, is with like even with podcasts, you've got to be. I don't know from YouTube. I'll be honest with you. It just like all of it to me is it's all all I can see is too much work. But even with podcasting, you've got to be consistent and. The funny thing is, not fun, I gotta stop saying that. I don't know. It's a fucking terrible verbal crutch. But when we started in with Craig, when Craig decided to um, invite Morocco and I on to be co-hosts a couple years ago, I mean, I was very much along the lines of, I don't want it to be sporadic. I want it to be every week. And the reason, mm-hmm. one of the reasons why is number one for us to get better, but number two is, once you build an audience, you've got to hold their attention. And, and, and yeah. these videos, people do one video and then, you know, you finish your video and you're just like, ah, now let's reap the rewards and people fucking forget. Yeah. People forget a hundred percent. So all the tits in, in the world ain't going to help you because <laughs> people are, for, they don't want it anymore. They've had it with your tits. Yeah. And I find a lot of it is quite repetitive as well both both with podcasts and with youtube so you'll get something that's successful Let, let's say like alec alec's videos are incredible um and they changed almost the genre of how to present blacksmithing and knife making content and you know I, I jokingly said then about you know slow motion and late 80s heavy metal music and sparks because that's alec's style and alec sort of formulated that style but you see everybody copying that now um, and you see so many videos where they're, they're trying to be Alec, um, but you just need to find your own your own sort of way of presenting, your own way of doing things, and and you're setting yourself aside from from other people. And I'm not saying that because I'm good at YouTube, I'm not at all. But I just think you see so many people doing that, trying to be or copy what other people are doing, even down to the content then as well. And it's just like you know think about the purpose why are you putting stuff out there is sure. it just because you want to get views and maybe earn a little bit of money or is it because you 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 know you, you think this is useful content for other people um i think that the second way is is the way to go um rather than just trying to copy other people but um, you, but you're missing something out that you do which is you actually enjoy it and i think that you have to think about it as you're doing it because you want to do it as opposed to you know doing it and then hoping money comes in now you know you especially craig you you've said i like doing the videos more than sometimes making the knives that's Hmm. the how what what makes it much better because all of a sudden it's not a job it's something that you want to do anyway yeah yeah and in regards to alec he's 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 rolled a you know a boulder down a hill that he can't stop me he's he's got people on the payroll he gotta have he's got a he's got bills to pay and you know yep. it's such a huge form uh, part of his revenue that it's but it's like unstoppable. He can't take time off. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was I was I was watching another video the other day of this this guy, and I, funny enough, I mentioned him on X Y Z podcast as well. Um, Bob from I Like to Make Stuff. It's it's a great channel. It's right up my alley because he does electronic stuff. He does woodwork stuff. He does metalwork stuff, and and um, he's got this real sort of scale where to make things funny without being obvious. So he was make I can't remember what he was making. Um, but it was it was something just you know sort of run of the mill and you know music in the background and stuff like that. But the minute he started working on the metal parts, he did exactly that same thing of the eighties rock music and the slow mode of the sparks. But he did it <laughs> as almost as an effect, as if to say, and he didn't mention it. As soon as the metal bit had finished, he went back to sort of normal background music and talking to. It was just really <laughs> funny to see, and um, yeah, he's got a really good style. Nice and almost taking the piss now out of the out of other. I wouldn't say other YouTubers, but out of that style, which was which was really cool to see. Yeah, I think uh, Craig, you mentioned something before about seeing YouTubers kind of cross pollinating or cross promoting it and featuring each other in videos to help kind of build each other up or build up each other's audiences, right? Yeah, and sort of leveraging each other's audience. Yeah, yeah. I, you see that a lot with. Um, I, fo- I follow a lot of like photography channels as well and filmmaking mm. channels, that kind of thing. And they do that hell of a lot more than you know, sort of maker channels. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it seems to be really successful. So maybe that's something for Lucas to look at. You know, sure. Think of other people whose content sort of complements his, and maybe they've got a similar audience, and and that could work. Have you ever watched the Food Ranger? Either one of you? No. No, he's this. It's the I I can't can't pull myself away from it. This weirdo, his I don't remember his name, and he's a Canadian living in Malaysia, and he does his videos about street food, hmm. and it's like in uh, some of it's like hairy shit, and he is very very like super friendly Canadian is make he but he can't describe food for a da- worth a damn. I mean it's like. And I, it's not he doesn't mean to, but he'll when he he look he sounds so earnest. You got to look him up because he's he's a he's a good dude. Oh yeah, I've seen this guy's stuff. He does the exact same reaction every time he eats something. He speaks Chinese and, and and he speaks he's like real deep into like the street food and stuff like that. When he describes the food, it, he can't. I mean, he can't. Oh, look how greasy it is! Oh, look at all that wonderful <laughs> grease! I mean, it's just like ugh, God, God damn it! And every single time he'll take a bite, he'll stare in the camera. And he'll make this like chipmunk face where he is filled, <laughs> and he'll and he'll chew, and he'll go, oh, mm, oh, it's hilarious, but not for the reasons he means to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at all that blood! Oh, it's just bizarre, but it's but I can't stop watching him because I'm just waiting. I know he's gonna do the same bullshit again in the next one. <laughs> the food ranger. The food said, ranger. You gotta watch this guy. And then every time yeah. he eats, he's gonna stare with his eyes open. He's gonna like munch with his mouth closed, filled, and he's gonna mmm. Oh it's hilarious. <laughs> but like I don't know why. Yeah. So you do know, that. Look... Yeah, you do the big chipmunk cheeks and mm, all. You gotta watch that weirdo. Yeah. I I'm looking at Aaron Goff's uh YouTube page actually, and he's got a pretty solid followership of, of like 135,000. Mm. Um, and looking at his uh frequency of v- posting videos, he doesn't post super frequently, but the videos he is posting are super useful, I think, to people, and that's what's really driven his um 
you know the, his growth of his channel i would i would assume i don't know yeah, like how yeah. he he's probably or i mean maybe somebody else could jump in but he's probably engaged with the audience helping answering questions too and that's a big player as well so kind of going mm -hmm. for more of that depth and engagement with the people who are um spending their time watching your video it's nice to give a little bit of time back to just answer yes no or say thank you or comment or whatever um but you know again like it's it's like maybe two or three videos four videos a year but again they're so they're they're so useful and and visually interesting and i think being of utility in that way also will help grow kind of like your audience and your visibility is being something that people actually want to watch either for a, an escape like alex visually like visual spectacle of alex Steele stuff is awesome or utilitarian very informational and somewhat educational like what aaron aaron is doing i think mm. both both are for makers at least there are a really great way to go um if you're yeah. going to try to yeah. grow a large audience on the youtubes and if we're giving we're talking about all the hosts of the makery network i have to give a golf clap to brian house oh, yeah, brian house of work for it oh, podcast oh, yeah. oh no his latest episode with Ben uh, Ben Jammin Ben Jammin Butler he calls him Ben Benjamin Jammin Butler. Butler and God God is in the episode. He he has now raised a very high bar on the Makery <laughs> channel of a bit. He did a real radio bit where he speaks with he thought he was going to die and he spoke to God. It was fabulous. It's fast becoming one of my favorite shows that it's really, really entertaining. And like you said, the production value on it is second to none. It's, yeah. That bit very, very good. was a highlight bit on the Makery channel completely. Yeah. Highlight yeah. bit. Work, work for it podcast. Every, every Thursday, they have a new episode. I work the wood and I work the metal. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like a grandfather and his 15-year-old uh, grandson. <laughs> I work the wood, and I, and I work the metal. I work the metal. <laughs> I'm going to have Brian on. Brian's gonna, Brian and I are going to do some old school radio at some point. I, I can't wait for that. Good dude. Real good dude. <laughs> okay, let's do – I'll do one more question, and then we'll <laughs> see if we've got any more advice, and then we'll we'll think about uh, getting getting off for the day. Yeah, girl. Noel Laflamme. Um, Noel underscore Laflamme. Um, with hidden tang chef knives, how long does the tang really need to be? I feel like I need to see knives with both extremes. Um, I feel like... Oh, sorry, I don't know. I told oh, you we need woodworkers to write in. <laughs> we do. We want big with tang. tang chef How knives. big is me tang? <laughs> and I work the tang. <laughs> with me, hidden tang chef knives. You made me fart. <laughs> <laughs> With hidden tang chef knives, how long does the tang really need to be? I feel like I see knives with both extremes. I usually aim for two, two and a half after the bolster and never had issues, but I always wonder if, if that is necessary. Thanks for any opinions. So I'm not sure what unit he's working in for two, two and a half. Um, I think inches. Probably inches, I'd have thought. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't do any hidden tang knives. You both of you guys do so how long is your tang <laughs> yeah uh, baby my that's a new bit how long is your tang 
for my hidden tangs. Uh, I like my hidden tang to be at least three and a half inches into the handle material, into the wood. Um, that way, the the handle material is supported for the most part by that tang. I mean, part of the, part of the reason for that tang is not only to help give you somewhere for that handle to uh, join to the knife, but also to support, especially if you're working with burl materials, um, you want support at least, uh, you know, where the hand is going to be holding and pushing down or whatever uh, on the handle. Um, so I, I like it to be at least three and a half inches uh, into the into the tang slot of the handle. Yeah. I go Does three that make inches. Sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I do three inches. Three inches is where I stay at. And a part of it's because that's as long my drill bit, my drill bit is. But I've never had a problem with anything more than that. Sure. You know. Yeah. And you can buy extra I, long drill bits too, though. I know, I've, but, you know, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure I could. I don't know. I just, I haven't. <laughs> I don't. I'm, I, I like, I actually use the four, I like using Forstner, Forstner bits. And I don't know if you can get extra long Forstner bits. I'd have to look into that. The Forstner bits are good for me in terms of drilling out the handle material for the hidden tangs because it it's it becomes more gentle, it, it more gentle in terms of cutting. I in my mind, I could be wrong. I just I know what I what works what's working for me right now. And the Forstner bits are what um, give me a nice uh, cut, nice drill hole. And I what's the that. difference between a Forstner bit and a regular drill bit? So a Forstner bit is like, um, it's almost like bl it's two blades and the blades spin and there's an outside, I'm not describing this well, but it's, it's not like a fluted drill bit. That's like a corkscrew. It's like two blades. It has like a disc at the bottom of the bit and that's the cutting right. edge. They're mm -hmm. supposed to like going right up the shank. So you're, you're, thumb. you're, you're, when you, when it's cutting, it's almost cutting like a like a chisel like a chisel like it's just all the woodworking people are going to send me i want to tell you about your how <laughs> you talk details. about <laughs> fucking woodworkers leave me alone it's better it just cuts nicer to me and it doesn't like chew it it doesn't chew it up so yeah okay. very specific okay. very it's a very specific hole too it's a very uh it's, it seems like it's a very cleaner to me Okay. Well, I'm gonna, I am going to do one more question ask because I'm just looking down the list. And whilst we're talking about hosts of shows from uh, from, from the Makery, um, Kenzie Aaron has, has written in, and Kenzie hosts the is a show called The Young Makers. Um, I think Kenzie may be fifty. He was fourteen when he started a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago. I think he may be only fifteen now. This kid, you'd think you were speaking to somebody in their mid thirties with with lots of experience. It's unbelievable, like his use of his use of words <laughs> is really good <laughs> but honestly it's 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 yeah it's incredible so he interviews other young makers and some of the the abilities and skills out there are just incredible mm -hmm. but he's got a question which is uh when you guys were starting out did you begin by creating demand did you begin by creating demand for your work and then slowly grow into meet that demand or did you focus more on production and hope that the demand would follow he says, as a follow-up question, how did you create demand for your knives before you had any sort of following? That's a very well-written question. It's so a good question. So, yeah, especially with people just getting in into sort of knife making for you know for work, you know, to, to actually make money. Um, 
yeah, I mean, how do you sort of create that demand? For myself, it was just a case of um, I was playing around making knives. Um, then, you know, a few people said to me, oh, could I buy one? And I was like, yeah, of course. And, and that sort of snowballs. Um, so I, I've never really been in the case where I've been ahead of the curve. I've never had like a big stock of knives, which I'm then trying to sell. Um, so, yeah, I've been very fortunate in that way, I think. But I know a lot of people may do the opposite. They may, you know, not put knives up for sale and make loads and loads and then and, and then sell them. But it, it's a difficult one. How do you, how do you make demand um, when, you know, you're starting from nothing? Um, but, I mean, we're very lucky. We've got we've got the use of, of, you know, social media and the Internet and we're no longer selling to, you know, just the people in our village. Um, in fact, I don't sell to anybody in the village. I sell, you know, everything I do is online. So we've got the same tools at our disposal as as anybody else. So it's just about being creative using those tools, um, and and yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get your work out there to a, to a bigger audience. But it, at the end of the day, you just need to make quality stuff. If you're making quality stuff and you're documenting that and you're putting pictures up, people will will find you. Yeah, uh, it's hard to add to that. I think. Something I've seen work that has worked well for makers is um, going to their local markets and, you know, when they are starting out small um, and like uh, as long as, of course, as long as it's safe, I don't I, I think it's been very different lately, but um, but little like local farmers markets and stuff like that, selling knives there and starting with their local area, but eventually trying to get into um, into a retailer of some short sort short, uh, but uh, and that's kind of where I got my start. I, I kind of jumped straight to working with a retailer and that retailer uh, basically acted as an advertising outlet. Um, so by having my knives sold through them, that lended a, a certain amount of credibility to the quality of my work. Um, and that was through Blade Gallery. But there are a lot of different um, retailers now around the country for all different styles of knives. Um, the trick is just um, getting a hold of them and getting them to believe in the work that you're doing, if that's the route you want to go. Um, but for culinary knives, especially that that is, I've you know I've seen it work for like our our guy at Titanelli at Duclaw. Um, he does a lot of work with Cotelia New Orleans, and um, you know he's become he. he I think become very popular, especially there in New Orleans, but kind of uh, there's like an underground kind of cult following of his, of his work of, you know, professional chefs and it's them talking to each other and it's kind of becomes this grassroot um, kind of word of mouth. Or you can, you know, you can be like Jeff and get 6 million views on Inst or on YouTube. Um, and sell but... nothing. <laughs> I know. Um, six million. Is it up to six million? <clears throat> or you can go on Forge of Fire and become famous that way. No, that doesn't work either. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think starting with a local market and then kind of trying to branch out, I think working, you know, as slow and steady as you can afford to is prob is better overall. I think growing growing too fast and, and, and be, uh, I don't know, kind of, what's it? I can't think of the name of the god that flew too close to the, to the sun. But anyways, um, that was Icarus. A, Icarus, Icarus, yeah, Icarus syndrome. Yeah, so 
or complex, whatever. Anyways, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to rise too fast. <laughs> Jesus, I'm, hey, it's thick as shit. I'm a really good caveman talking this morning on a right. Hey, you guys are the fuckers lit tuning into us, not us turning into you. Uh, so, anyways, I still need. I haven't had coffee or breakfast or anything. Give me a break, <laughs> please. That's what I got. Ultimately, it's it's not too dissimilar to the to the YouTube comment. You know, it, in regards to, I mean, for me, I started you know giving them away and selling, and then all of a sudden I post, and then I just made the decision to let's just keep posting and see what happens. And it was I would post regularly, and then I would develop, you know, business through that. And I was also using the social media not just to make money, but to show I'm still there. I'm still there. I'm still at it. I'm still doing this. I'm still doing this. And, you know, and I just felt, I feel, I believe personally with all this stuff, consistency is very important. I think that also discipline, I'm, discipline has been something that has, you know, gone through my life. You know, discipline has allowed me to get through certain tasks. And I realize that certain things are very important and having the discipline to realize that is very important. So, I'm a big fan of, you know, being consistent, you know, just doing your, putting your nose to the grindstone, doing your thing. And then as you keep developing, you can, if you're doing a video, doing videos, keep doing it. You know, when I do the pot, when I do the full blast podcast every Monday, like every Monday without fail, and it, it's made life easier because I'm not flailing around trying to figure out when to post or, you know, even this podcast you know, we do it every Sunday and we have a very specific time to the point now where we're not all sending messages saying, is this time good? Is that time? We have like a standing order. And then what that does is that makes it very important. And that's a degree of discipline that allows us to not have to rope each other into being on this podcast and doing all this stuff and fooling around. And I think discipline is the, is, is, is pretty clutch in the situation. Here we go. Good answer. Good answer. Right. Any more final um, bits of advice we've been sent in? Any quick ones? Oh, oh, you're talking to me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> for, for, whoa. Um, let's have a good, let's end on a good one. Um, Benny Tools and Cutlery says, I know you didn't ask, but gut hooks would look cool on your knife. Uh, Green Street Forge says, I know you didn't ask, but for dressing contact wheels, just tear an old belt to make a half-inch wide strip and use that to dress the contact wheel and base the wheel with some 36 grit on a wooden block, then move the drive belt to the other side of the contact wheel and finish dressing the wheel. Does that make sense? No. All right. So he no. cuts a little. He takes one of his old belts and then he cuts it into a strip, and then he puts yeah. it on and then he changes it so he uh, changes it so the belt goes to one side and then when it's on that side, then he dresses okay. the cupped side of the of the of the rubber wheel. We were talking about rubber wheels a couple of weeks ago, and then Mareko yeah. saying that he goes from behind. Yeah. Dude. And then he fit, he changes it and then he just moves it over and he. Does that make sense now? Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. Okay. Okay, before we talk about our hopes and dreams for the week, I want to tell you about the sandpaper that we all use, which is Rhino Wet from Indasa, Indasa USA on Instagram, but they are, they're actually based in Portugal. They make the best sandpaper. It's 
it's, it's just strong. It lasts far longer than any of that other sort of shop-bought stuff that you'd normally buy. Um, and it, therefore, it saves you money. It saves you time and it saves you money. It's just the best, best stuff. It change, changes the game once you try it. So Rhino Wet from Indasa. You can get that from Texas Fire Supply at texasfirosupply.com. And if you use Knife Talk 10, you can get 10% off too. And not just your Indasa Rhino Wet but from anything else that they sell there at Texas Fire Supplies. So they've got a whole sort of knife-making section on the website, and you get 10% off everything there. So make sure you head over to texasfiresupply.com to get all your knife-making supplies. Oh, yeah. Okay, the week. The week ahead. Have we got plans? Okay, I'll kick off while you two, you guys think what what you're up to. Um, so I've got some yeah some restaurant orders to, to crack on with. Um, I've also been working on a a one off knife, um, which we mentioned last week. We had some fun talking about the whale and the whale noises. Um, this one is <laughs> space themed, um, so I've been working on a video for that, which is not quite finished yet, and the knife isn't finished yet either. So, but um, yeah, it's one of those nice distractions from sort of production work, just having sort of twenty minutes of the day just to say I'm going to work on this. It's a bit of a fun thing to do, so I'm hoping that's going to be sort of squared away this week. Um, and that's it, really. I've got no really big hopes and dreams. Just, just that it's a, a nice, smooth week, and um, everything goes to plan. Jeff, well, what have you got? After the fire department came yesterday, I feel like I should do a real good cleanup because they might come back, <laughs> and I want to make sure that my <laughs> shop is. Uh, very clean and it isn't as clean as it should be. Um, so I'm gonna do that. I'm finishing off a couple bull elk knives. I'm fired up about businesses. You know, we're still doing our thing. And Tony's coming down. He moved not too far away, so he's gonna be coming down this week. Where I'm really fired up about. And then um, nice. we're all good. It's all good in the hood. It's snowing right now, so you know I'm not too psyched about that. But what can you do? But other than that, peace and love. Peace and love. All I'm all fired up. Morocco, your week. What, what's the big plan? Uh, well, you were just mentioning right away. I still have uh, some knives that I'm hand sanding. One's actually in the coffee right now. It's been in there since yesterday. Um, so I got that to pull out and finish out. And hopefully I'm going to get this other knife marked after finishing the hand sand, get it in the etch, and get these done and out the door this coming week. So that is going to be my... My goal is going to be not to screw anything up so I can get them out in a timely manner <laughs> more than anything. Um, I do actually also have a, a kind of a community showcase I'd like to share. Um, so I want to give a shout out to Andy Davis. Uh, he's one of the founders and uh, co-owners of, of Coal Iron uh, Works. They make the forging presses. They're really awesome. I've worked on one uh, both at Neil Kamimura's shop and... Uh, and Zach Brown shop. I know that super talented makers like um, like uh, Ferrum Forge uses them for making his hammers and whatnot. There are a lot of really talented people using them. Uh, so he's going through some hard times right now, 
uh, kind of with his health and stuff. And his friend, David De La G- uh, Gardel, uh, who's also known as Cedar Lore on Instagram, uh, they've been friends for a really long time since I think he, uh, I was talking to David uh, the other day. He said since they were like six years old, they actually used to work together uh, in a shop. I think they started at that time at 14 or 15 called uh, Mad Dwarf Forge. Um, and they actually made... Uh, a sword for the Thor movie. The for, I think the first Thor movie that came oh. out. Um, and so they worked together for a while, and then they then they uh, kind of started went off to do their own thing. Um, David Della Gardell went on to, uh, like I said, Cedar Lore, and uh, and Andy joined team or partnered up with a guy, uh, his par- his partner for Iron Work, Coal Ironworks. Um, so, anyways, David. And and uh, and Andy's wife are working on putting together. This is a very like, uh, but uh, low key. We're trying to keep this on the DL. So David's trying to collect some nice messages. Uh, if anybody's got you know time for even a short uh, kind of selfie video, just saying uh, a really quick nice note about how Andy has impacted his their life or uh, how the machines have really you know helped them step up their game and their knife making. Send. Any DMs, any kind of notes or messages like that to David De La Gardel on his Instagram is Cedar Lore Forge. Um, I think it's actually just Cedar Lore on Instagram, and and uh, there you can either shoot him a DM or send him an e- email. But like I said, they're trying to keep this on a D. Uh, uh, did I say send him a DL? Send him a DM. Do it all on the DL down the download. They're not trying. They want it to be a surprise for Andy. Um, like I said, he's been going through a lot, and so th- they were pretty confident that Andy's not actually listening to the show right now because he's just trying to spend quality time with his family. Um, but again, Andy, he's uh, he's done some really great work uh, in helping to make some really fine machines that many people in the community use. And um, and so again, if you can put together a little note uh, or a short video, send that to David uh, at Cedar Lore on Instagram. Uh, and he'll help get that compiled and put together for uh, this little kind of documentary uh, video that they're making for Andy as a surprise. So again, it's a surprise. Keep it on DL. Keep it all in the DMs or emails. All right. Don't tag. Don't tag Andy anywhere. <laughs> right. That's a show. Thank you all very much for listening, and we shall be back again next week. This show is brought to you by. The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Went well. Went well. Yeah. I forgot to mention something, actually. Um, Do you guys know um, Lubel knives or Lubel knives? Yes. Amazing knives, um, but he he reached out because he's he's moved to France very recently and he's he's struggling with uh, the taxes and import duties and all that kind of thing um, because they've just changed things with Brexit and everything else. So he's hopefully we get on the show for next week. He's made this um, like a like a like a pack so people will know you know how much tax is to what whatever country and all you know like a fact sheet basically mm. so so that'll be cool i forgot to mention it but um yeah next week hopefully we'll be able to talk about Jeez. that that's cool. what is he in chamonix right chamonix right. yeah yeah so right in all the snow and everything good yeah. skiing but, um, high yeah. level skiing right there yes he makes some beautiful knives really nice i'm just looking at them now actually very nice no 
Jeff, you just mentioned Jeff. Actually, you you were um, tidy. You're going to have to be tidying up this week. What do you do for? Um, do you, have you got like an air scrubber and no, that air at all to clean the air? Oh no 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 no. What's an air? What, what is do you that? Do? You just blow it out the window out the well, door. Well, I mean, what? I try to. I try to. I wear my respirator when I'm cleaning. But you know, I mean, if I'm sweeping mm. up and stuff, or I use a, I got a shop vac that I fool around with. Yeah. But it's more along the lines of like, there's a lot of. I use cardboard for everything. Like I use it for to mix epoxy up and all this stuff. So, I'm. Yeah. I just have. <laughs> there's enough. Like if a fire flammable depart- stuff all over the place. Well, I mean, I have one area where there's a lot of flammable yeah. stuff. So if the firefighter wanted to like, I mean, they're gonna break balls about you know anything i want to make sure that i i have a i have a very very uh unhealthy fear of authority and firefighters <laughs> i don't ever told you i don't know if i told you the story my first shop in greenpoint brooklyn i we had you know we had uh acetylene torches and and we had all sorts of shit and and the, and the guy i rented the space from you know he i mean this wasn't he let us in there because we he made us do a uh with the fire department, it was a, 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 a certificate of fitness. So we had to actually go take a class and, and take, a, take an exam with the fire department that we knew what we were doing with the torches. But when the fire department yeah. used to come to our building for inspections, he would lock the doors, turn off the breakers, and we would hide. <laughs> because, like, there's, like, there's, like, shit everywhere. I mean, there's shit everywhere. And it got to the point where... We had this incredible, we would, we, there was other welders in the building. We'd all like message each other saying if there's the fire department. And the, the fire department knew we were fucking around. So they were just like, once a year we'd get an inspection and we just would fucking hide. Turn off the breakers, turn off the breakers. Jesus Don't say a word. We'd crawl through a crack to lock the doors. <laughs> it was, so I have a very healthy fear of fire inspections. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. I, I'm just trying to work out now because I'll be moving to the new shop within probably a couple of months probably anyway. I'm trying to I'm tr- trying to do it so it'll be tidy all the time, you know. And at the moment, everything because I'm moving stuff here now, ready. Everything is just full of dust, and I'm just wondering whether those air scrubbers are any good. You know, speaking I don't know of what this air scrubber is that you're talking about, it's, it's, it's just, just like just hangs like a up on the air wall. Filter you you stick them up on the ceiling, okay, um, and you plug them in like a big metal box with filters in, and it brings uh, all the air in. I got you. Filters it, and then puts the air back out okay. the other side. I. I don't, yeah, so I'm hoping it'll just stop all the dust everywhere. I don't think it? I ever told you this story, but speaking of inspections, we used to do, you know, in the restaurant business, you're getting health inspections all the time. And my wife knew how much I hated all these inspections because most of these inspectors, health inspectors, fire inspectors, they get you on this ticky-tack bullshit that you just don't realize. So I was at this bakery, and it was my birthday, and this guy comes in, and he flashes me a badge, and he says, I'm with the health department. This is a health inspection. And I was like, oh, fuck. I hated health inspections. And he would look around, he put his finger on the thing, blah, blah, blah. And then he grabbed a napkin, crumbled it on the floor, and threw it on the floor. Crumbled it in his hand, threw it on the floor, and he turns to me and he look, points to that, and he says, that's a health violation. And then he started <laughs> fucking with me. And what I had gone to uh, the health department, New York, City, New York City health department classes. You got to do that. And they said, be careful because there are people uh, pretending to be health inspectors to shake you down for money. So this dude is just like, you know, that's a health inspection. It's a, that's, a, that's a health violation. That's a health violation. And all of a sudden, I'm just like, I need to see your badge right now. And he goes, happy birthday from your wife. My fucking <laughs> wife hired a guy to come down and do a health inspection on me. I wanted to fucking, I, it was unbelievable. 
She oh, totally took advantage of my unnecessary fear of inspections. <laughs> Happy 55th birthday. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so that's it, I think. Um, yeah, anything we need to prepare for next week? I don't think so. Mm. Yeah. Not that I know of. No. Right. Okay. Well, have a good week. Anyway, right. um, yeah. I'm off. I, I'm still on a blackout from this rugby. So we got it. Yeah, we're having dinner now. Then when the babies go to bed. So what's on the menu for this Yorkshire pudding? Yorkshire pudding. It's it's just it's it's a very sort of typical Sunday British Sunday roast. So you have you know you have roast potatoes and you'd have like a roast joint of meat. So I think we got beef today and maybe you know parsnips, carrots, and you know gravy. A great like a a British gravy. Yeah. What's a British gravy? Well, I know what you Americans are like with gravy. That it's chet. Um, <laughs> it, it's just like a proper meaty, meaty and thick. Like a, it's you know, it's not like a like a thin stock. It's like a a thick. You know, it'll coat the back of a spoon. Gravy. That's yeah. what gravy is supposed gravy. to do. Yeah. Yeah, but like really dark and beefy. Be- yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah. That's it, gravy, dude. That's gravy. <laughs> what do you think? You think gravy oh, okay. is. It, it it never looks the same when when <laughs> Americans talk about gravy. The, the, it, it's it's a you're watching <laughs> too my many mind, Boston it, Market commercials or something like that. <laughs> maybe maybe maybe. But anyway, yeah, you have the Yorkshire puddings then. So you, what you do, you, you use that as a well for your gravy. So you fill that up with 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 uh, with gravy. So when you cut the Yorkshire pudding, it goes everywhere. And oh, it's a pro. It's, it's like a proper Sunday traditional thing. And yeah, imagine like a Thanksgiving dinner. You know that kind of roast. It's for some reason on a Sunday in the UK. Yeah. It seems to be that's what people have on a Sunday. So are you doing yeah. it like in a roasting pan with all the vegetables and everything too, like around it? The what the the pudding? Uh, sorry, no. I mean, I mean, uh, you're talking about like a beef roast and and vegetables. You're are you putting that in the oven and roasting? Oh yeah, but not not together. Oh, so no. you, it's not like not like a pot roast where you put all the vegetables, then you put the meat on top and like that. Yeah, completely separate. So mm. you have yeah. Everything's can I, done. Can I ask you a question? What's yeah, the sure. point of a fucking parsnip? Oh, I love a parsnip. What's it taste like? It's be- especially if you have beef, because then um, if you roast it in the same pan that the beef was, because obviously you take the beef out to, to rest, and then you roast your parsnip in that same beef tray, it goes like all... Mar- do, 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 you know what, do you know what Marmite is? Do you know what Marmite over there? Yes. So, the, <laughs> yeah. so is that no, the flavor of a parsnip? Know. Can you describe the flavor of a parsnip? The flavor of a parsnip is like a... It's it's like a sweet, fragranty potato, maybe. But if you roast it really well, you'll get this marmite sort of base to it from the, all the beef fat it's and a, juice. So it's, it's like a delivery system for other delicious flavors. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. But um, parsnip is really good sort of mashed or like a parsnip soup is really good as well, blended up. With cream, it's like a it's like a potato, but it's like more fragrant. It's got like this delicate sort of sweetness to it. Yeah, there you go, yeah. parsnip talk. Parsnip talk. Yeah, <laughs> we have to bring that up on next week's yeah, show. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I've got to go because dinner will be yeah, ready. So have a good week, guys, good and um, I should speak to you in the week, no doubt. Yeah. Cheers. Bye. See ya. Oh, where's the fucking button again? I hate this. <laughs> Squadcast of chains. That too. You'll never find button. When you visit Arizona. Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.